aware, Fox and his friends are not doctors or experts. Do not take these opinions as the gospel. Although they are highly intelligent, sexy, and influential, please think for yourself. I want to thank the girls over at Socially Toxic Podcast for that little disclaimer. Thank you. The military-industrial complex doesn't care about us. We need to stop sending our children to war and dying for the bankers and elites. The medical-industrial complex does not care about us. They need us sick and weak so we can be patients for life. Stop taking their poison. The education system is merely an indoctrination program designed to supply the elites with obedient workers and turn over as much profit as possible at our expense. Let's turn off the television, put down the phone. Let's take our country back. Thanks for being one of us. You are listening to the Conspiracy Soldiers Podcast. What's up, ladies and germs? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us at the Beer Garden Recording Studio. Julio ain't, ain't going to make it tonight. He said something about uh, taking a night off to experiment with his sexuality. I don't know what's, what that's all about. <laughs> no, I know Julio's listening. I'm just messing around. Julio's busy. We're recording here on Friday night, and I got a guest. But uh, Julio's super busy on, like, Friday and Saturday night because of his uh, occupation. So I'll leave that up to your imagination. I don't know what's going on with Julio. We might record something on Sunday. All right, but I got a, this guy's a, he's a pastor. He's an author. Uh, He's he's also a conspiracy theorist. So uh, I'm really excited to have him on. I got a lot of questions. Mr. John Kerwin. How you doing, sir? Super. Great to be with you, Fox. Glad glad to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. Um, so I, I always ask, like, when when somebody just uh, hits us up, like, where did you where did you hear about us, and like, how much have you listened to? Because you being a pastor, I'm. I mean, I cuss a lot and stuff, and I don't really know how to act. So uh, I'm just curious, like, what what have you heard so far? Well, so I was sampled of things, and I mean, you guys are in the same box I am. We're we're questioning officialdom, and uh, you know, I did it. There's actually a a chapter in the book on the demographics of the truther industry, or the truther uh, community. So, what book know, are you talking about? My book. Okay, what's it called? It's called the Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. All right. That sounds great. I bet you my listeners would be interested in that. Yeah, it's a, it's up on Amazon, and, and then next week the the audio version will be available too. Um, but what I said in this one chapter is that you know truthers come in all shapes and sizes. It doesn't really differentiate like if you're a, a Christian or a non-Christian or you know you're rich or poor. Uh, all of humanity's waking up, and we're all thrown in this together. So, you know, I don't have an axe to grind with anybody. Uh, unless they're trying to tell me that what I found out is true isn't true, then we got a conversation we got to have. Right. Yeah, I was just, I was just, I mean, have, how many episodes have you listened to? Are you are you familiar with all the cussing and all that? I mean, are you comfortable with that? Listen, I tell folks, 
first of all, this is your show, man. Just be yourself. Right. And, um, you know, it's not really me you got to apologize to. If you're, if you're concerned about offending me, you might want to, you know, talk to God about how you feel about offending him because I'm just his ambassador. In my opinion, I don't think God cares about cuss words. And it's that's why I was excited to have you on because I've been accused of blasphemy. Um, I've talked on this show about, uh, are you familiar with Caesar Borgia? I think so. Maybe if you tell me a little bit more, I'll be he was He was the son of uh, Pope Alexander. And he posed for the the picture that you see that represents Jesus. Okay, no, I didn't. I, I'm not sure who who that is. I was thinking somebody else. Okay, so well, his his father um, had him pose for the picture that we're all familiar with because he was a obviously a European and uh, he wasn't happy with all the pictures of Jewish Jesus. You know, and, you know, I get a lot of black backlash about that because, and then I also talked about how Constantine yanked a bunch of books out of the Bible and made it, made it more uh, difficult to understand like Genesis and some of the other stuff that we read. Yeah. You know, so, and because when I started this podcast, you got to pick a category and I picked, um, Spirit, spirituality spirituality and religion mm-hmm. because that was probably the closest thing that I could match up with even though it wasn't exactly accurate and so like a lot of my listeners might be like super religious and so I get a lot of backlash about this stuff that I talk about so sure. yeah I was and then I got a I got a so he's not my uncle but he's a mm-hmm. uh, I used to call him uncle when I was a kid. He's a pastor out of Texas. And I've been meaning to have him on because he goes, uh, he basically does uh, pastor work on death row in Texas. Wow. And he wrote a book also that, and he told me he'll come on after I read it. Well, I already read it, but, and it's called like 16 doors or something like that. Cause that's how many doors you got to go through to get to death row. Wow. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I'm, because of because of him being like a uh, almost like an uncle to me, I was kind of you know I didn't really know what he was going to think about the, all that, so I was just curious what you thought about it. Uh, you mean about Constantine and all that stuff? Yeah, and the and the portraits and all that. I mean, honestly, I'm just I'm an undocumented uh, guy. I'm just out here. Um, there's a lot of history I don't know, and honestly, I, I don't really have any insight into that. If it's if it even exists or not, I wouldn't be able to speak to it. I, I just met Jesus in, in 1983 in a little church in uh, Newark, New Jersey, and I was 23 years old. And the guy said, "If you die today, you can come up and receive the gift of eternal life." And I remember thinking, "Man, if I died today, I'm sure I wouldn't go to heaven." Right. And yeah. I started smoking when I was four. Wow. And then uh, by the time I was 12, I had already quit smoking twice. And then, uh, <laughs> man, that's yeah. So by the time I was 23, I already lived a couple of lives worth of sin. And I was just searching for 
just some peace in my soul, man, basically. Because, you know, there was a period of time for about a year and a half, I, I was high every day for a year and a half. First thing I do in the morning is get high. And I'd stay high all day. Talking about weed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're in North Carolina now, right? Yeah. But you grew up in Jersey? I did. I grew up in Jersey. All right. I got some, a uh, couple members of my platoon grew up in Jersey. I'm familiar with all that. Okay. Um, so you had like, you had a few, you had a few, uh, when you emailed me, you had a few topics you wanted to cover. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the the book is really written for truthers, because if you go to Amazon, you put in conspiracy theory, you're going to get two kinds of books. The first 50% are books trying to convince the spouse of a truther that your spouse is nuts. And here's how you can win them back to being a normie and, you know, being an unconvinced like you. The other half is people trying to convince the world that you know, the moon landing is fake and 9-11 was an inside job. Well, we already know that's an inside job. And so what the, the book is not f to convince you that the conspiracies are true. It's to it's to help you understand and manage the fact that your spouse, your children, your lifelong friends who are still in that non-truther category they don't know and they don't want you to know and they don't want you to know. And it <laughs> creates incredible conflict. I mean, personally, uh, my wife asked me for a divorce after 24 years of marriage and four oh, children. Man. And I've probably interacted with 200 people over the last seven years doing content on YouTube uh, that have had the same experience. Yeah, I I get it, man. Like Like one of my daughters is like super left and you know she basically thinks i'm like she, i she hasn't she doesn't come out and say it but i get the i get the impression that she thinks i'm like you know racist homophobic and all that and just because of some of the stuff i talk about my wife is starting to come around like like the other day she's have you seen the post where uh oprah and the rock were begging for donations to help maui yeah so she showed me that because she knew I was into stuff like that. So I mean, she's coming around, yeah. but she just she really isn't into politics. She could she could take it or leave it. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, so a little bit more about the book. Landing. All right. What's that? Sorry. Yeah, you're. We're having some, up a little bit. Say it again. Yep. Go ahead. A little bit more about the book. Right. So, yeah. So this is a little bit of a different topic than maybe truthers are used to on a podcast. In other words, instead of looking into another aspect of how the matrix operates or how bamboozled we are or what the Luciferian central planners are up to, what we're trying to address here is the mental the emotional, the spiritual impact about finding out that the matrix is, is you live in a matrix, like you live in the Truman show. And then you found out. And then imagine if you've ever seen the Truman show with Jim Carrey, he finds out he lives in a TV studio, right? Yeah. And he's like a reality show, but he doesn't know it. Well, then he figures it out. 
imagine if he just went back to his life after that. I mean, it would be unthinkable. And so when you come into this reality that many of the things in this world are fake, you know, the whole the war machine, the, the military industrial complex is just it's all banker wars and the, all the governments are actually corporations. Oh, yeah. We're, we're shut up under this fake corporate fiction, your name in all caps and that whole routine. And then, you know, the moon landing, ISS is fake, flat earth, Mandela effect chemtrails, underground bases. I mean, this is taboo for the norm. <laughs> they do not want you to talk about these things. Well, this creates a lot of problems for us. This creates separation from family members. I mean, I'm 60. I'm living in an apartment now, uh, yeah. 10 minutes from where my, my house is, where my family is. I'm digging everything you're talking about. Let me ask you a question, though. Like, So you're a pastor, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I got a, a ministry online. I've got about 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, maybe 100, 150 new a, day, a month. And we're on about eight channels. And people are, people are flocking to it because they want to know what's up. And the church isn't addressing this stuff. Okay. So do you talk about any of this stuff during your, during your, uh, you know, your when you're a pastor and all that? I forget what it's called. <laughs> I ain't been yeah. to church in a while. Well, I don't sermon, really, sermon. Yeah, there. I I, last year, I did a talk every Sunday at mm -hmm. 7 p.m. I didn't miss a, a week for, for a whole year. And I was talking to the community about how you, you know, how you deal with this and all the consequences of finding out the truth when your loved ones don't. And the, like the three stages of rejection at first, you know, they're going to kind of play soft on, oh, I don't go in for conspiracy theories much. You know, they'll talk to you and keep it light. But then after about six months, you're not shutting up. And they start thinking, man, Fox really believes this stuff. And, and so then they start ratcheting up and they start doing what I call decrees and edicts. And they start managing you. So they'll say things like, hey, listen, Fox, when we go to my in-laws, you know, don't talk about your information. And uh, <laughs> yeah, don't bring right. up those conspiracies. They'll put little mandates. You can only talk about it for three minutes. I mean, this is the kind of thing that we're dealing with. And that's, yeah. you know, if you're the husband in a marriage and the father of the children, that's very disrespectful. Um, it's very, very de de um, uh, humiliating. You're right. misunderstood. You're disrespected. And you're basically then going to level three, where it ain't, after a year or two, you're told, hey, if you keep talking about this, I can't have a relationship with you. That's what I was wow. told. And that's what a lot of the people on my channel were told. And then what do you do? You got to choose between your happy life and the truth. You got to go with the truth, man. Pretty much, bro, but not all the time. People yeah, right. I mean. not willing to pay the price. That's a, that's a big... Uh... That's a big financial burden, and and you know you dealing with like you said you were dealing with four kids. Uh, yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah. Um, but and when it, you but, it's universal, I mean, uh, your subscribers are listening to this and they're just nodding and bobbing. I guarantee. You. Oh Everybody yeah, it goes on. It's like, oh, don't tell me, man. My aunt won't talk to me. My kids don't talk to me. I mean, thousands. All right, you're cutting out. Thing, Fox, the truther never goes 
to the normie. I don't want to say normie because it's derogatory. I call them the unconvinced, all right? Yeah. We never go to the unconvinced and say, hey, if you don't talk to me about these things, I can't have a relationship with you. We don't do that. Right. All right. But we always are told eventually, hey, if you don't cool it, we're done. <laughs> and it's just it's just like, okay, well, why? You know, is it life about like exchanging ideas and challenging your beliefs? I mean, what are you so afraid of? That's yeah. really what it seems like. Yep. Yeah, like I've been doing this for like two years now. And, you know, my wife will tell somebody at work, like, oh, yeah, he's he's got to do the podcast tonight. And they'll ask her, like, what's the name of the podcast? And she doesn't even know. She yeah. don't give it. She don't care about none of this shit. Well, it's funny. I'm so glad you said that. My <laughs> children, we're going on three years. My children never ask me, hey, Dad, how are you? Because they don't want to know anything about my life. My life is off limits. My children have told me, Dad, if we talk about crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. Do you know how heartbreaking that is? I mean, it is devastating. And so I, what I have to do is I have to be, to in order to be in their life, I have to be what I call happy dad. Okay? Yeah, you got to so hold back. Hair and nails and fun, fun seasons in the sun and nothing about nothing. But, and then yeah. I can stay in their lives. But all you're really doing, trying to do is protect them from the evil that's out there, but they don't want to hear that. Well, that's the thing. It's raining red pills now. Like, our whole journey as a truther has been, look, when the stuff that is underneath the surface comes out, you're not going to be ready for it. And so we're starting to get to that point now where, you know, for instance, all my life, all my life, They've been telling us the aliens are, are fake, right? And it's all you're crazy if you believe in aliens, bro. They are rolling out the alien narrative. They got they got these four different people that testified in Senate hearings that they're in possession of off-world technology and biologicals. And the senators means, do you mean you have human remains? And the guy's like, no. So they're openly telling humanity now that there are aliens. Okay, so what is the normie or the unconvinced going to do when that hits the CNN or whatever? I mean, it's going to be epic. <laughs> did, did you see the ones in Mexico? Yes, in Peru, you mean? I thought it was Mexico. The That's Mexican, the no, the Mexican Congress uh, brought out two corpses. No way, I just heard about this today. I don't know anything about it, though. It was so fake, dude. It looked like E.T. It looked just like E.T. It was ridiculous. Like the movie? Yes. It looked like fucking his head looked just like E.T. <laughs> almost <laughs> almost exactly. It's like it's, you know about Project Blue Beam, right? Of course. That's it, man. That's what they're doing right now. That That's the final. I'm not even going to get into where I heard it because I talk about it too much. My listeners are gonna get sick and tired of it, but mm. the aliens is the final, yep. the final step for the new world order. To you know, that's the last one. That's what Werner von Braun said. Right. That's that's the guy I'm talking about. That I'm not. Yep. I'm trying not to talk about Haiti or Werner von Braun because it's funny because I talk about that shit too much because I was deployed to Haiti and I talk about child trafficking out of yep. Haiti and Warner Von Braun, but I'm not, we're not going to get into that. 
No problem. But um, so like when you were talking about like how they dismiss, you know, like being dismissed by like family and friends and stuff like that. I got an example of that that's been in the news lately. Yeah. Like the Sound of Freedom, the Sound of Freedom movie. Yeah. So it's about child trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Which you would think 100% of people would be against. Instead, they're saying it's a QAnon movie. Which, right. Which not, I haven't watched it yet. As far as I know, nothing was ever mentioned about QAnon or none of that stuff. It's, it's, a, well, it's a partisan issue, which is bullshit. Yeah, QAnon is being used in the same way that conspiracy theorist is being used. Exactly. It's a character assassination term, and, and it's a branding. You're being branded as anti-science, anti-government, kook, fringe, living in your mom's basement, that whole narrative. And, um, you know, whatever you believe about QAnon is irrelevant. The way that it's being used by the mainstream media is it's, it's a, trying to shame you into silence. Right. Well, cons- the term conspiracy theorist is getting worn out because that started back around the JFK assassination, and yep. th- that was a CIA operation. Yep, it was a 1967 bulletin that had a bunch of talking points that were, one of them was conspiracy theory. Another one in that bulletin was, tell them, tell them that they're insecure and they gravitate towards these things because it makes them feel significant. That's one of the CIA talking points. I've heard that Fox a hundred times. Oh, yeah. And the people that are telling me that, they think it's their own original idea. You know, they have no <laughs> idea. They're just regurgitating what some CIA um, analyst wrote in some basement office in Langley 50 years ago. That re- the, it remind, These word games, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, so remember they used to call them UFOs, but now all of a sudden they're UAPs? Yep. Because UFOs is a little bit too hillbilly, like trailer parks. Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? So now UAPs, it, it's, uh, you know, it's fancy and sophisticated, right? So now it's, it's going to be normal for people to start seeing UAPs. Yeah, the mind control maybe works off on a certain term, so they pick up a new one and they try to give it a fresh start. Yep. A lot of that but going government, on. Government is... Control and meant is mind. So governments are for mind control. Yep. 100%. So like you did, um, so you did the theology and all that. You went to school for for uh, theology and all that stuff? It, it wasn't really like that, man. I, I, like I said, I was a, I was a hellraiser, man, until I was 23. I was like the biggest drug dealer in high school, you know, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, full blast. I wanted to be rich uh, and a rock star because I play guitar. And then, you know, uh, I was I was in I had a, a network marketing business and I started doing really well at like twenty two. Start made five six thousand a month. Half of it was passive, and I got all giddy, you know. And I was like, I'm going to go to church and acknowledge God in my life. I can't even believe where that came from. I mean, I have, I wasn't like searching in my mind to find God, nothing. So it was a setup. It was like the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder because the next day I had this prospect. I met with this lady. She owned a flower shop 
and uh, her name was Joanne Primamore. And she wanted to buy my vitamins, man. Well, she started telling me about Jesus. And I was like, like a little doggy with my mouth open because I'd never heard this gospel message the way she brought it, you know? It was just full of love. And, and I didn't know Jesus was God and Jesus died for me and I can be born again. All these terms that were just, I don't know, man, it just hit me. Well, she, she took me to church that next week. And uh, I mean, the guy was just this pastor down there in Newark in this little church. But when he asked that question, man, and I'll, I'll just throw it out there now. This is what the guy told me from the front of the room. He said, if you died today, are you, and you're not absolutely sure you'd go to heaven, you can come up and receive the gift of eternal life. That's what he said. And I remember, Fox, I'm sitting there, man, I'm like, I'm like everybody else, all right? Let's just put it like that. Chicks, pot, money, just the world, right? And so I remember thinking, I mean, if I died right now, I'm pretty sure, I'm definitely sure I wouldn't go to heaven. Same. He's offering me this thing. I'm like, so I looked this way. There was a bunch of people on both. I literally was in the front row. I jumped over the pew. And I stood there, and, and he led a bunch of us. It was five, six people, and, and he just said, like, repeat after me. I was like, okay. I'm, like, looking around. I'm like, and so, Jesus, come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I, I repent. I, I, I will follow. If you give me eternal life, I'll follow you. You want me to give up my pipe, whatever? It's a fair deal. So, boom. So then I do that, and then, I like, nothing happened. So I, like, said to the guy, all right. I was like, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You're telling me that if I died on the way over here, I would have gone to hell. And if I died on the way home now, I'll go to heaven. He said, yep. See, because I thought like a lot of people, salvation was like a balance. Okay. If if you're a really bad person like Hitler, you're definitely going down. But if you're good, you know, you go to heaven. And it's the opposite. Everybody's going to hell. In a handbasket, as they say. (laughs) And unless you go to this free gift, see, that's the thing. It's a free gift, salvation. And it's, and it's purchased by this Lord Jesus guy because he paid that price on the cross. And all you got to do is acknowledge this. It's God's plan. You say yes, and he comes into your heart. Well, the next day, I really was like, it was behind me. I was like not even going to reform my life or anything. But I went down in the basement with my friend Rob Paul and Tom Daglish. And they started passing that blunt around and it came to me and I looked at that weed and I just thought, it looked dirty to me. I said, I don't need that anymore. And then all the stuff was just irking me. It it was just supernatural, bro. That's all I could tell you. I was changed overnight. So the idea, I don't want to give your listeners the wrong impression like I decided to become a holy man, right? This was like more like Cinderella fairy godmother where she comes and goes bing with a little wand you know (laughs) i got transformed man from a simple prayer overnight that's crazy that's how he rolls and remember so like i told you that i've been accused of blasphemy and stuff like that another one of the things that i've talked about is um so his name wasn't really jesus right because when when the man we call Jesus walked the earth. They spoke Aramaic, which has no J's. And Christ 
is a Latin word, and it's derived from the word Christos, which means the chosen one. Right? Have you heard this? Oh, yeah, I've heard it all, man. I've heard all these arguments. I, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just... Well, I shouldn't say arguments, but what, what's your point, though? Is, is This is going somewhere. Like, it's... I, I I'm not... I'm not... I, I pray every morning. I pray to God. So if, if Jesus is God, why would he... Why would he have any problem with that? I just... Me praying to God instead of Jesus. Because Jesus can't be his real name. You understand? That's the way I look at it. I, I actually don't understand, but I can answer your question. Okay. We are supposed to pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. Right. If, if you want to be biblical about it. Um, no, I, I just want your help, man. I mean, I'm not yeah, trying so, to. No, so this, this uh, there's, I remember when I was in New York. So I'm in New York City for about 10 years. I lived on 51st and Broadway in the Mark Hellinger Theater. And I would go out, and, and there was a lot of people living on the street, and all of them had a Bible in their pocket, every single one. They had the little red, little orange or black Bibles that we always handed out. And a lot of these. All right. And they would always have all these really fancy arguments about, you know, why the Bible was not really what it was saying, or, you know. And, and I'm like, yeah, but Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I mean, it's it's like the thief on the cross didn't know nothing, man. The thief on the cross is my buddy because he messes with everybody's theology. So here's this dude. He didn't reform himself. He was a thief on the cross, but he met Jesus, right? And and he looked at this Jesus guy, and Jesus is looking like he doesn't belong there. I'm like, not familiar guy, with this story. You talking about? So there was three of them, right? Yeah, when, when Jesus was crucified, there was two other guys on either side of him. Right, One right. of them was, was a thief, that, but the thief perceived glory on this guy. He, he perceived that this guy wasn't guilty and didn't belong there, and way more than that, because what he said to him was, hey, remember me when you go into your kingdom. That's all he said. Okay, and the next thing that Jesus says is, today you'll be with me in paradise. So you think about that. You, you know, you're listening to my voice right now, and you got a story to tell. All right, you you are a rascal when it comes to sin and all this stuff. But you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror, and it's not going well. It's tough going to sleep at night. You got you know voices in your head, all kinds of stuff that you know is not healthy. And you know you'd like to give Jesus a try, and and I'm but but you're you're thinking I'm too bad. You no, know, God wouldn't accept me. Bro, sister, God came for the wicked. He said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. I came to seek and save that which was lost. So you're a perfect candidate. <laughs> All you got to do is trust him. I'm telling you, man, I pray every day. That's it. I pray to God. Is that wrong? It's not wrong. But what God requires of us, okay, he loves us just the way we are but he loves us enough to not let us stay that way. So he calls us to come, but he says, you got to come and, and repent. You got to leave the sins that are displeasing to me behind if you want to have a relationship with me. Because one thing God can't do is he can't deny himself. And he's holy. So that's the package offer. Eternal life is free. 
However, it costs you everything. You like what? You got to give up your bosom sins. All right. Because see, if, if Christ was a drunkard and a whoremonger and a liar and a thief, men would close with him easily because they wouldn't have to give up anything. But because this Savior is also holy, men will prefer to keep their sins and go to hell. And God won't force himself on you, so he lets people choose what they want. And I was a sinner, but I was hungry for, like, peace in my soul, you know? Yeah, I get it, man, for real. Peace and peace is a rare commodity, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, what do you think about, like, all the other religions. So you're a Christian, right? Yep. How's that? Like, let's talk about like how some of these other religions all tie into each other. Sure. No, that's a great question. Yeah. So the way that, the way that I respond to this question is like this. I, I had experience. Okay. And you, and a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. See, nobody could tell me nothing because I met Jesus. I didn't see him physically, but I met him in 1983, and I walk with him all until today. I meet him every morning in prayer. So I know this guy. I know he's real and he's good. And what he did was he endorsed his word to me. He made his word come alive. And, and what the Bible teaches me is some of the things are what Jesus said. And what Jesus said was, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. Well, that's super dogmatic. <clears throat> There's no mincing words there. And so Jesus makes these claims, and it's kind of like a take it or leave it offer. There's no apologies offered. There's no explanation. It's just, boom, I'm the savior of the world, and there's nobody else. And it says it in a number of places. There's another passage in the Bible that says, neither is there any other name given under heaven by which men must be saved the name jesus christ well that means if this book is true all other religions are false that you can't you can't take out what you want and run with every it's either in, you're either in or out on christianity and that's and so it basically you know i just chose i chose the book the book was endorsed by this god that i met see i don't know the book i know the author that's the key. I met I the author. It. I get it. <laughs> but I mean, so like, so they, all these religions, they've all got a flood. You know, they've all got. Yes. And there's a, have you ever heard, like, so have you heard of Samaria? Yeah. Sure. So they're saying that some of the Sumerian texts had talked about the archangel Michael. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just, I'm asking you, like. Yes. All these years of translating different languages and, I mean, I know they say the, the book is protected, but I don't trust mankind is what I'm saying. Like, for instance, Constantine, you know, why did he, why did he feel like he was, I, he, he had the power to take all these books. Like the, if you read the book of Enoch. Genesis makes a whole lot more sense to you because I remember when I first read Genesis, I didn't understand what the hell I was reading. And then when mm -hmm. I when you read the book of Enoch, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, Enoch's so. Yeah, Enoch's a great book. If you, a lot of church people don't like Enoch, 
they got all these reasons they don't think it's real and all that but it's real yeah because some some i don't i don't think constantine was a good person and i don't really trust the vatican and the pope either well i i wouldn't either that's wise decision okay so we're on the same page i'm just i'm just I was excited to have a pastor on here. I'm just trying to dig into some of this stuff. Help yourself, man. Go for it. I'll I'll do the best I can to try to, you know, answer your questions. If I don't know it, I'll tell you. Okay. So, I mean, like what I just, what I just said, like, um, so Archangel Michael was supposedly written in the Sumerian texts, which means all these religions could all stem from, they're all True, but there's a little bit of untruth and deception in, in all of them, right? Right. Yeah, there, there are a lot of similarities in all the writings of different civilizations uh, in China and, of course, India. They all have similar themes and narratives like, like reptilian uh, lords, that you know, like the Anunnaki who had advanced technology and then mated with women well that's genesis 6 we're we're given that one little chapter in genesis 6 it's like two or three sentences where it says the the sons of god saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took of them whichever they chose and then they gave birth to giants that's about all we're told well that's probably one of the most important scriptures in the entire bible right but we're, it's very cryptic. We're only given this little vignette. Well, then in Enoch, Enoch gives us the whole backstory, gives, names the guys, tells us how many there were and the whole dialogue they had. So um, you, you can't really get a worldview, um, you know, who's who in the zoo from just the Bible. You have to take the Bible, if you're a Bible believer like I am, and then look at the writings of different civilizations there are extra biblical books that you can refer to, like Jubilees, the book of Jasher, uh, Adam and Eve. There's all these different books. I mean, in First Kings, I think it is, uh, so the, whoever's talking says, is it not written in the book of Jasher? Right. That's in the Bible. Well, what does that mean? That means that the, the, the Holy Spirit. All right, you're breaking up a little bit. There? Right, if I quote it, okay. if I quote it and say, hey, isn't it written in the book of Jasher? That's an endorsement of the book of Jasher. Exactly. So you and go into these other books and you read history and you find this, these themes like a flood and there was a guy and they had a boat. That's Ch- Chinese write about a guy. So does the um, uh, you know, Middle Eastern people. They all have the same story. Right. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I think I think it's all the same thing, and we're just being divided over, you know, uh, miscommunications over all these years and languages and stuff. You know what I mean? Well, that is one view, but the view that I take is that there's really only one God and one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And so the, the similarities that other religions have are attempting to muddy the waters because the devil's busy, man. And he's trying to set up narratives that will get people to reject God. Like the monkey to the man 
picture. They put that in front of me in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. So you got a monkey, and then it gets bigger and bigger, and then you got the man. Well, that says there is no God. You were evolved from monkeys. Well, I don't believe that. No, I don't either. Right? So no. that's, a, that's a conspiracy. And so what I'm saying is the movies are telling us we're seeded from other planets by aliens. Uh, the history books are seeded with these narratives. And, you know, you could be right. They're all just the same and every religion's fine. But I, I look at what the, the uh, claims of Christ are. You can't, you can't embrace Christ and Islam and Judaism and Hari Hari Krishna. You can't do it all because Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And then it says, neither is there any other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. It's just, it's Bible's very dogmatic. Right. So have you, don't get have mad you, at me. <laughs> have you read the Quran? I have some. I haven't looked at it in a while, but yeah, I read it once. Well, I mean, they talk about Jesus more than they talk about Muhammad. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, he's all over. And see, that that's the kind of what I'm talking about. That's To me, that's conflicted because if they, they do endorse Jesus as a teacher. But it's really short-sighted because Jesus claimed to be God. They tried to stone him because he's, they said, you make yourself out to be God. When he said, before Abraham was, I am. Well, when, as soon as he said that, the Pharisees knew he was claiming to be God, and they tried to stone him. So that's why I never. That's one of the first things I talk to uh, people in Islam about is that you believe Jesus is a teacher, right? But he's not. He's not the Messiah, right? Yes. Well, how do you explain the fact that he claimed to be God and the only way to God? So either he's crazy. Or your Quran is wrong. Right. Now what about the Jews? Like back in the day, some of the some of the uh ancient rabbis basically they basically wrote him off as like a, a magician or something like that, right? Yeah, the Jews had an expectation that when the Messiah came that he would rescue them militarily, like he would take over the actual government uh, that was in the existence at that time. And since Jesus didn't do that, they did not believe that he fulfilled the, the prophecies that the Messiah would fulfill. So they're still waiting for the Messiah. And, okay. and they don't recognize Jesus as the, as the Jewish Messiah. So, well, he was against the government, correct? Uh, well, he was against the religious um, leaders of his day who were essentially like uh, fascism. You know, they were kind of linked into the Roman Empire sort of as a uh, an extension of the Roman Empire. And so when he stood up to them, the Pharisees got, you know, Rome to deal with Jesus. The Pharisees didn't crucify Jesus. They were just they were just instrumental in it, but it was the Romans that carried it out. The government. Yeah, it was the government of Jesus' day. Right. So, I mean, they, obviously they weren't getting along in some way, the government and Jesus. Oh, no, I mean, uh, 
you know, all of, all of Christians are always uh, an issue for the government because the government wants, like what you see in They Live, you know, that movie from the 80s with, what's his name? Roddy Piper. Roddy, Roddy Piper, right? <laughs> One Pretty of the great. best fight scenes ever. <laughs> took like, that... It took like friggin' half the movie, seems like, 20 minutes. Um, that was a brutal scene. I didn't know, know that was in there. I finally rented it, and it was really interesting because all that stuff that you, they show you, eat, consume, marry, reproduce, purchase, all, all those subliminal ads are real. Oh, they're, yeah, That's what for they're sure. doing to us. They're putting that stuff in the ads and making us just produce. And Oh, my gosh, it's so real, man. It's unbelievable. I talked about this. I hate repeating shit that I already talked about, but... Like, uh, I talked about it last episode. We went, my, I was in the 10th Mount Division. We went to Fort Polk. And, uh, what it is is a simulated warfare. I'm trying, I'm just trying to get it through it real quick. I don't want to talk about it too much. But it was simulated warfare. And so, like, when our trucks and our, and our helicopters would get hit, we wouldn't receive food and water. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I was in the box for two weeks. And probably went a week without food and very little water. And by the time I got out of the box, all I could think about was getting something to drink. Yeah. So the government tries to push this agenda about the food pyramid, you know, three meals a day. It's not like that in any other country. And so ever since I got out, I haven't eaten like most Americans eat. You know, I only eat like four... About four hours a day from the time I get off work till the time I go to sleep. So I get home about 4.30. I go to bed about 8.30. Well, not anymore because we're on strike. We just went on strike yesterday. No and, kidding. Yeah. And I'm I'm so super sleepy, man, because we went on strike at midnight, and my phone was just blowing up. And, you know, but I know you'd have a lot to talk about, so I figured we'd be all right. I'll just sit here and be quiet but i've been talking a lot anyway (laughs) all right fox yeah we're just hanging out yeah talking the truth or stuff man so what about all right so supposedly like when i was a kid man i was super into like indiana jones yeah and the raiders of the lost ark yep and i thought that was great and I didn't even know it was all real stuff. You right. know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, if I'd have known it was real, it's like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. So, supposedly the real Ark is in Ethiopia. Have you heard that? I saw the the documentary, man. They totally found it. This guy found the thing, and it, I guess it was Ethiopia. So it was over there somewhere. I don't know. But they, they show it from above, and you can see the outline of it. And they finally let this guy drill. They wouldn't excavate it, but they let him drill into it. And you could see the beams of wood. And uh, they put. They went in there with like a fiber optic camera. And they were able to pull out a bunch of hair and some bones and stuff. It was Noah's Ark, man, totally. That's crazy. And, and not only that, but it, it fit the exact measurements, bro. From the Bible, because it tell it it tells you what God told Noah how to build it. He told him exactly how big to build it, and this thing is exactly the same size. So it's Noah's Ark, bro. It's right on Mount Ararat, or right near 
where the Bible says it landed. Northern Ethiopia, I think. Unbelievable. See, like, in the Bible, so was that, that was the Old Testament, right? Yep. Okay. See, like, I couldn't even, so I, when I was in the military, I started reading the Bible. And like I said, if you don't know the book of Enoch, you can't really follow the beginning, which is Genesis. So I kind of lost interest. And then another time I started listening to it on audio at work. Yep. And um, so like when they were laying out all the dimensions and stuff, I was like, man, this is this is getting ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it wasn't really interesting to me because. I mean, the what kind of um, like what kind of uh, what am I trying to say here? Like. You know the difference between like metric and standard, and so what kind of program were they? It's not program. What what, what kind of uh, thing was that in? Like like is that you oh, still? Yeah. It, right. I've I've listened to guys that are like archaeologists and uh, and scientists or whatever, and they went back into old writings and were able to determine what a cubit was or. You know, right. Yeah. That's there what were these measurements that they reference in the Bible. Like one of them was the average, the length of a, a guy's arm from his wrist to his elbow. That was one of the things. Okay. And so based on those measurements, they could give a very close estimate to how big the Noah's Ark was. And the thing was like three football fields long. Okay. It Damn. It was massive, bro. He it took it took him a hundred years to build it. Wow. Well, he lived to be like 900 anyway, right? Oh, man, they killed it back then. They were just unbelievable. They must have been brutes. Because they weren't eating all the bullshit, right? I don't know. I've I've never heard anybody explain, you know, I've heard different theories, you know, because, in other words, when they were in the garden, they would have lived forever. and But then when they fell, they were thrust out of the garden. But they still had physical bodies that were so close to like eternal bodies that they lived for a thousand years and then slowly were de-evolving and that's right. kind of one theory uh or back then you know the atmosphere was different and i don't know could it be because we're interbreeding with the nephilim well, that's or the whole thing, yeah. yeah i wanted to i wanted i was gonna stop you earlier because you said something about the anunnaki Yep. Being giants. Well, so Nephilim and Anunnaki are basically the same thing, right? From what well, you're Anunnaki, saying. Anunnaki means those that come down from above. And there's lots of um, writings in like the Chinese, the guys in India talk about these dudes coming down from spaceships. And you got all kinds of weirdness with the Mayans. I mean, you know, they were into some funky heart, cut your heart out sacrifice. And then they just disappeared. Um and then the pyramids are really wiggy. We don't even know one-tenth of what the pyramids are really about. So right. they obviously weren't built by slaves with pulleys and, and ropes and pulleys. I mean, come on. These things weigh 50 tons each. Uh, and they're mathematically mind-boggling. Uh, the, the architect, we couldn't even, with all the technology and resources, we couldn't even touch trying to build one of those things. Inside, there's these intricate shafts and hallways and, and the seamless you couldn't put a razor between these seamless things 
That thing is perfectly flat after three, five thousand years. I mean, it's unbelievable. So who built it, right? It wasn't dudes ropes with pulleys. It was some dudes from, you know, the fallen the fallen ones built them. Or like I've heard that like, so you know where we're at today with all the fuck Bluetooth and all the technology we have. Yeah. Could we have already been past this at one point, and then the flood came, and now we're we're evolving back to where we... Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, if you watch the Matrix movie, I think it's the second or third one, where he meets the architect. And the architect explains to Neo that this was like the fifth generation uh, of a crop, right? <laughs> where they went all the way through to where the, uh, the machines attacked Zion and, uh, you know, so this was like this repeating thing. So there, there, is, there is a lot of people that believe that there was pre, uh, a pre-Adamic civilization. There's a couple of scriptures that do seem to indicate that. It's called the gap theory. Uh, there's a pretty interesting passage in Isaiah that talks about buildings being destroyed. And it was before, the, before Adam and Eve or something like that. I forget. Okay. I looked into that once. But All right, anyway, um... the... the, the the uh, the long and short of it is, we don't really know the story, man. Well, nobody really knows, know. man. That's what we're. That's what conspiracies are. We're trying to figure it out, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you mind if I pause real quick? No, not at all, man. It's it's time for the conspiracy soldiers piss break. All right, do that. I'm gonna get a fake news. <laughs> all right. Because they're not real nasty like cookies, you know. So what is what's inside of a fig Newton anyway? A fig, a fig is is a it's these like it's like a giant raisin basically. Okay, yeah, that's that what, sounds it's about like, right. It's just like raisin goo in there. I get it. Okay, so raisins. It's just like old grapes. Yeah, it's like a big it's like a big raisin, and then you know they put it inside of a kind of a cakey cookie thing. It's a fig Newton baby. <laughs> All right, we're back, people. I already started recording, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So, uh, you wanted to, you were uh, when you emailed me, you were talking a little bit about uh, taxes. I'd like to hear some more about that. Wow, that's a that's a credible uh, another rabbit hole that a lot of us have really gone after, which is. Uh, you know, a lot of us don't realize that the governments are actually corporations. Yeah, I think and so, yeah. You can verify this. You go to Dun & Bradstreet, and there's a lookup where you can look up a Dun & Bradstreet number of any company. And I started putting it in my county, the county that I live in, and it comes up as a company. Well... There's no there's no scenario where a, a government could have a Dun and Bradstreet number. It's only for companies. So then I looked up my city; it was in there. I looked up the police department is in there. The court system here is a, is a is a privately held for profit business. So is the state. So is the United States government. It's right. called. It's actually called United States. Two words, all caps. Corporation. It's a corporation. And now, now we've got a lady, Jan Halper, who's on a, um, 
Defense Department Task Force who was on a British news interview and she disclosed that for the first time publicly, Joe Biden is the president of the U.S. corporation. Mm. She even says it's not, it's a corporation. So now it's out of the bag, which is unbelievable. All right. So what happens is there's a huge scam to enslave us and keep us poor. And they were going to give us this money, but they decide to keep it to themselves. So what happens is when you're born, they steal your name and they create a corporation in your name. It's, it's an all caps version of your name and then they borrow a million dollars from the imf using you as surety for the loan because you're going to pay taxes your whole life and they insure it in case you die early and they proceed to take that million and invest it over your lifetime and and put into a sesqb trust that's probably worth at my point in life several hundred million dollars maybe as much as 500 million or a billion and so um, this trust fund is then tapped into by the government through transgressions. So when you get a speeding ticket, they can tap the fund for money. And I'll explain why they have to get you in trouble to get the money, because it's like you created the thing, just take the money. But we found from uh, one, one of our leader trainer guys who was involved in a federal lawsuit uh he got the transcripts and learned a whole bunch of the of the inner workings of how this works and one of the things was he found out that there's a trillion dollars a day that is extracted from these trust funds that goes into the government a trillion a day wow that's 30 trillion a month well no wonder they got so much to give to ukraine right but think about (laughs) it think about the tax the whole tax narrative is is nonsense yeah i believe that too just to keep you enslaved so well it turns out that there are people that are going back and they're probating their their minor estate because that money is yours essentially at a at a ecclesiastical level you can go in and claim it and i've talked to people face to face that have done it huh so what's the process it's very it's very advanced and i'm i'm close but i'm i press the pause button because i'm doing too many things and it's pretty big commitment right but you can probate your estate and your parents and your grandparents as long as you have the death certificates and you know that would be billions of dollars that you would be uh, have access to as long as you are past the competency hearing it's not it's not nothing you got to know your stuff for them to turn over the reins to all that you have to be have like a prospectus on how you're going to manage it and you have to know trust law and all this stuff. But there are lawyers that, that are experts in this, right? I've heard of it. Well, perhaps, but what's your, what's your point on that? So I've talked about on this podcast before, but one of the, one of the first things other than the military in Haiti, and I'm not going to get into Haiti and child trafficking and all that, but, um, Like in 2006, I worked with a dude from Canada, and he never paid, at least in the United States, when he moved here, he didn't pay any taxes. And they kept badgering him and badgering him, and he claimed that he had a lawyer that would would get his back, right? And um, 
So they kept badgering him and calling him. And he was just like, no, fuck you, right? And so then they started bothering the company because they realized that he knew he didn't have to do it. Now the big man upstairs is calling him upstairs like, hey, you got to fill out this paperwork. And he's like, no, fuck that, right? And so, like, when I I left I left Akron in uh, 2011. So five years he worked there, and he was still there when I left. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't paying any taxes. So uh, there are lawyers that specialize in that type of stuff. Right, but we don't we don't want to be involved with any lawyers. We're lawyers. We're operating as free men, and we don't want bar actors that are fake uh, licensed lawyers who are uh, operating under a treaty where they're supposed to check in once a year, and they don't, and their bar card is just a Teamster card. It's a whole scam. Anyway, um it's very simple to understand. If you go to Walmart, let's say, as mm-hmm. a customer, and you're going to buy some grapefruits, well, if the manager comes over and starts giving you directives, hey, Fox, I need you to go grab this broom and go sweep up in the back, right? Kiss my like, ass. Look, yeah, right. You're like looking behind you like, you're talking to me? I don't, you know. Well, we're already, we're already scanning our own groceries and shit, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Now go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. It's fine. So the problem with that is the guy has no jurisdiction, right? But let's say two weeks prior, you had gone in and filled out a job application, and then you were accepted and hired. So now it's your second day there. And now he comes over, and he can say, hey, I need you to grab the broom, and you're going to do it if you want to keep your job. right? Right. So now he does have jurisdiction because you contracted with him. Right, so what they're doing is they're tricking us from birth into contracting with their companies for their benefits. You contract with them when you get your first job and you fill out your first W-2 form. Is it- oh, isn't this so exciting? Right. Sally's getting her first W-2. No, no, it's not exciting. It's total enslavement, and Sally shouldn't sign the W-2 because when she <laughs> does, she's agreeing to pay taxes for the rest of her life to this company. But doesn't this have to do with your Social Security number also? It's Or is honestly, it different? Honestly, it is a universe of complexity. I okay. mean, the levels, the levels of understanding on this are almost eternal. It's so deep and broad and wide that it, every time I'm – think I understand it I don't right so I try to break it down into sound bites that you know people can at least accept so this first analogy is very easy to understand you're an employee they can boss you around you're not an employee they can't boss you all right so let's take that example out onto the road now you get pulled over for improper lane change let's say okay you you change lanes without using your blinker fox okay now, the guy that pulls you over, he's got a costume on and a badge <laughs> and a gun, right? I liked it. But, like, I, I have a friend who's a cop here in Charlotte. He's a great guy. He's, he's a truther to some degree. And I said, Tim, if you pulled me over, I said, what right do you have to tell me to do anything? And he went like this. You know, that's a really good question. And he had to think about it. He thought about it for like 30 seconds and he goes, you know, 
A while way back, we had a training, and the county attorney came in and told us we derive our authority from the state. That's what he told me. Okay, now this guy's a sergeant; he's way up there. So I said, "All right, well, what is the state?" Well, the state is, you know, the state of North Carolina. I said, "Well, there's North Carolina, which is the republic, and then there's the state of North Carolina, which is the corporate state, and that's." who gave you the jurisdiction over a citizen, resident, or a person. Neither of which am I, because a person is an inanimate piece of property. A citizen is a person temporarily doing business in this, in this domicile, right? And a citizen is a is city, municipality, city, and zen, which is slave. Okay, so I am not a person through different paperwork that I filed, or a citizen, or a resident. So you have jurisdiction over the other employees, okay, going back to the Walmart analogy, if I'm contracted still with his state through these different contracts that we've been tricked into, then yes, he has the permission to pull me over and find me, and if I jump bad, he can tase me and pound my car and put me in a cage but if i'm not if i'm a customer to his walmart he has no jurisdiction so our journey is is showing you how to undo the contracts that you have been tricked into and you undo them through affidavits and different stuff like that and then what happens is what you see in different supreme court rulings like sharer v cullen Sheriff E. Cullen says, for a crime to exist, there must be an injured party. There can be no sanction or penalty imposed on one because of the exercise of, of a constitutional right. So if I'm driving down the road and I change lanes, but I don't use my blinker, is there an injured party? No. No. Unless you so hit somebody. Right. But according to Sheriff E. Cullen, if there's no injured party, there is no crime. Sheriff E. Cohen. Is this a person? That's a Supreme Court ruling. Okay. All right, so what does that mean? That means that once you've ex extracted yourself as a citizen, resident, or person, then that cop doesn't have jurisdiction over you anymore. You can have all the lingo you want, okay? But unless you do the paperwork, you're still contracted. So now you've got uh, a, another Supreme Court ruling, which is Colonial Pipeline versus Tregel, and it says statutes apply only to state-created creatures known as corporations. Statutes are not rule are not law. Okay, let me give you a couple other ones. Flurney v. First National, a code or statute is not a law. Well, you changed lanes and you broke the law. No, no, I broke one of your little company policies. Okay. Let me read it again. Flurney versus First National, a code or statute is not a law. Reself versus Ray, a code is not a law. There's a bunch of these. So what they've done is they've set up the states and everything, all from the DA's office all the way down to the dog catcher. Everybody's a company. Okay? <laughs> right. And you're tricked into contracting with them. So once you find out what the fraud is, if there's fraud in any contract, it voids the contract. So you, you get out of the contract, and now you can't boss me around. So I get pulled over for improper lane change. I give them my passport. 
My passport reflects my new status. When he runs it, it says, do not question, do not detain. He just comes back and tells me, have a nice day. Because I can't, because I'm not subject to his, his improper lane change code. That so is not a law. So you're allowed to just uh, give your passport instead of your driver's license? Well, that's part of being an American state nationalist. You have to learn how to assert yourself and de-escalate the imperious cop at the side of the road or wherever. You know, some of them, like my friend, are good people. They're just, okay. you know, they got families, just trying to feed their family. Right. And they're not, like, uh, you know, tyrannical. But if you're the unlucky contestant that gets that guy... You know, you, if your paperwork's in order, it's a very peaceful process for the most part. Yeah, I got a, I got a cousin back home that's a cop, you know. I mean, I'm not against cops. So let me ask you this. All right, now, all this stuff you're talking about. All right. I worry about this because I talk a lot of shit about the government on this podcast, right? Yeah. So let's say some feds show up at my door. Without the city, without the local police department. Yeah. They don't have jurisdiction, right? No. So what happens? Well, I'll show you. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, people. He's, right, so he's running around. I got this one pager. Okay. It's taped to my refrigerator. I got a few extra copies on top of the refrigerator right by the door. And it says, as per my lawful counsel, I retain and reserve all my rights as UCC 1-308 through the supremacy clause of the Constitution, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, blah, blah, blah. It's a one-pager. And it basically tells them, I'm an American state national with limited diplomatic immunity. I am not subject to the false and fraudulent doctrine of parents patre. And then it says, as per Title 18, Section 242, you are acting under the color of law and are depriving me of my rights. If you come with another Title 18, it's conspiracy as well. Both of you are felons. If you continue committing this crime, I'll be forced by you to file a criminal and tort charge against you personally in, the private, in your private capacity. So basically, uh, David Strait, who's one of the guys that I follow, says that he's had over 600 people just slip this through the door when child protection services came or feds or whatever and handed them this one pager and they went away. Sweet. Yep. But so, can you, once we get off the off air, I'll, I want you to mail me one of those if you wouldn't mind. Well, you don't have to. You can go to my website. It's okay. Wakeuporelse.com. Listen up, people. Go ahead. Start over. Yep, you go to wakeuporelse.com uh-huh. and go go to the state national tab, uh-huh. and you'll you can find a copy of it there. Uh, and there's a lot of resources and there's trainings on there and stuff. And I do a free training every Monday night at eight on freeconferencecall.com. That's sweet. Okay, let's say let's just say I don't have a copy of that though, right? Yes. And um, I don't have it memorized. They show up at my door. They don't have the Local police department, they just, let's say ATF shows up for some reason. Or the, the FBI or something like that. They don't have jurisdiction as far as I, my understanding goes. So I don't have, 
I'm not I'm not able to memorize that. I'm not saying all that stuff. What do I say? Well, I mean that's a loaded question. You're you're uh, you're up the creek, okay? You have to <laughs> you have to prepare. Like I have this tape to my refrigerator, and I I don't have it memorized either. But I'd slip it through the door, and if they still bang on my door, I'd, I'd start reading it. Okay. And I don't have it memorized either. So this this journey is all about becoming um, educated about what it's called the legal education movement. So we're learning how to exercise our rights. And a lot of what they do is just stuff made up. And, and we don't know the difference. We just are like, okay, we just go along with everything. But yeah. then you find out, oh, this guy's just an employee. Like if I go into traffic court, I'm looking at the judge. Most people are intimidated. I'm thinking this guy is is an is a employee of a privately held for profit business in a nightgown. What am I doing? Even doing <laughs> right, right, right. You follow me? Yeah. So, so to answer your question, you got to get on the website there and go listen to. I have eight three hour trainings by David Strait. I've probably listened to them all three times over, taking notes. You know, I'm learning this stuff. So when okay. it's time for me to get attacked, I'll have some chance of defending myself. But look at what they're doing. Joe Biggs, 17 years in prison. Because it right. was January 6th. And then another guy just got 22 years. The guy from Pro uh, not Promise Keepers. Uh, Oath Keepers. Oath Keepers. They, they threw him away for life. I mean, this is, this is real, bro. This I know. Is, I mean, look what they're doing to Trump. I mean, if you could tell me that's all you know fake or whatever, but... They're they're definitely coming after the the conservative, patriot, Christian, you know, truthers. Yeah. It's coming full circle, man. It's it's like uh it's like Babylon. You know, yeah. history repeats itself. Yeah, it does. No question. But you know what's good news? Folks like you, Fox, have driven back the timetable because Klaus Schwab said that they had to, uh, they had to push it back to 2030. Well, that shows you they're not all powerful. You know, these people are not all powerful, and they're censoring us for a reason. They're censoring people that are a threat to them. Right. So we're on the right side, I think. What's that? We're on the right side. We got God on our side. You might say right. Jesus, I say God. It's the same to me. I hear you. Um. I mean, you just, I'm not, I don't want to offend you. I don't, I, I'm still trying to understand, like, if I just pray to God, you know what I mean? Is that wrong? Well, um, there's, there's a lot in the Bible that tells us how this all works, and basically, the, the, the uh, up and up of it is you got to go his way. You can't right. make a totem pole and decide, well, I like this, I don't like that. And uh, basically, Jesus said, you don't get to the Father except through me. Okay. So if you're if you're just you know shining Jesus on, you're 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 shut out because you, you you know we're all separated from God from birth. Like dogs give birth to dogs, cats give birth to cats, sinners give birth to sinners. So right. you're born in sin separated from God. You need that to be cured. And the only cure is the blood of Jesus. 
So if you try to do an end run around Jesus for whatever reason, uh, that's no go, no bueno. That's not going to work. God doesn't hear your prayers. Your prayers don't go past the ceiling. All right. I can respect that. Yeah. I mean, but but I just don't trust mankind. You understand that Constantine has manipulated the Bible, and I've had answered prayers that I prayed to God. A lot of answered prayers, man, I have. I mean, sometimes it takes years, and sometimes it takes a day. And I'm not, I mean, I can give you examples if you want, but that this is true, and I just pray to God. So, I mean, that's what I, like, when we when I was talking to you earlier about all these religions maybe be the, stemming from the same place. And I don't mean, like, paganism and Satanism and all that stuff. I'm talking about, like, like, for instance, uh, I heard somebody say that Buddha was supposed to be in, uh, was supposed to be, like, uh, Eastern version of Jesus. Like, maybe he went over there or something like that. Heard anything like that? I have. What do you think? I have heard. I have heard things like that. All the, right. The offer that God has laid out is is was given to us in the Bible, and it's sort of a take it or leave it offer. And and I find that people would prefer to cut Jesus out of the deal. Uh, because he's basically the one requiring you to give up your sin to get the prize, right? So you want the prize, it's free. So Ephesians 2.8 says, We are saved by grace through faith. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. So you can't ever be good enough for God. You can't reform yourself enough to be acceptable. You have to repent of your good deeds and your bad deeds. So you have to basically come as a child, humble but you're not coming to God as God's not your savior. Jesus is the savior. That's the deal. Jesus is the one that actually took your punishment. He didn't deserve to be punished. Uh, and so you had a price you couldn't pay and he paid a price he didn't owe. So it'd be like if you were in court and the judge is about to bring the hammer down and give you life in prison. I go, excuse me, judge, I'm sorry to interrupt. Is it okay if I go to prison on, instead of Fox? You know, would, that, would justice be served? He's like, uh, yeah, as long as I have somebody to go to jail, you can go for him if you want. Okay, I'll go. Fox, you can go free. Now, God the Father didn't do that. Jesus did. And unless you come into that contract with this guy... He's your mediator between you and the Father. When you die, you're going to have to pay for your own sins, which you can't do. <laughs> so God will then extract his glory from you through punishment. And that's, the, that's the Bible, man. I mean, people get ticked off, but I'm like, I, hey, I didn't write it. It's a take it or leave it offer. There's no apologies. A lot of questions are unanswered, but I'm choosing to believe it because I met the author. And if you don't like me because of that, that's between you and your God, but I'm going with it. Okay. No, man, I'm just trying to understand. No, I, but I thought, 
Jesus was God. So I'm help me to understand this. No, that's a, that's a, a mind bender <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Because when you go in there, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty wiggy document or, or doctrine that uh, the God God is one. The Bible says there is one God. I am God, and besides me, there is no other. He says stuff like that. All right, so there's one God. But then it's very clear in certain passages that that Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit is God also. So it's the doctrine of the Trinity. And again, it's like, I don't totally understand how you can have one God with three different personalities or expressions that are separate, but they're one so I'm just going with it, right? So, um, so apparently, the only the only one that would be acceptable to be sacrificed for the sins of man is God. So God had to send God. God the Father sent God the Son. And He did the whole torture thing, and they spit on Him, and they you know, beat him and whipped him 50 times. I mean, he went through, like, the most unbelievable stuff, man. And then uh, finally they killed him, and then he rose again. And that's the, that's the payment for original sin and all of our own choices. And all you got to do is look and live, man. You just say, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, man, I can respect that. You yeah. Know? Like I said, I wasn't trying to argue. I'm just trying to understand, you know. Yeah, and I don't mean to I don't mean to sound like I'm arguing either. It's just that I'm speaking of right, the guy that's okay. that's resisting this. You know, this cuz I've heard when you start talking Jesus only or Jesus requires you to give up your sin, you know, people start bowing up. So I'm front running that, basically. That's why I wasn't really talking to you. I was talking to everybody that and throwing out the net for those that might be like on the oh, fence. That's not right. You know, I'm not buying that. And here's why. Well, I already know why. And I'm front running you, man. So just, <laughs> it's just it's that take it or leave it aspect of God. Okay? Because a lot of people want all their questions answered before they're ready to surrender. And I'm like, dude. There's no way you're going to get all your questions answered. Right, right. Yeah. It's not going to happen. All right. So, well, you prepared me for uh, having Uncle Jack on because he's probably going to have some right. of the same stuff. <laughs> nice. Right, right. Um, Jack. Yeah. Um. Well... Go ahead and plug your book and stuff one more time so everybody can know and your website and all that stuff. No, for sure. So, yeah, the book is called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. It's a guidebook for persecuted truthers, and it's 300 pages. I mean, it'll give you a a resource of how to walk through this world as a truther and deal with the persecution, the pushback, the isolation, the loneliness, being misunderstood, and how how to... you know, come back and be a truther and not get crushed by this because it's devastating when you yeah. have people that are dear to you who are basically giving you shut up or else orders. Yeah. You know, and it's right. on it's on Amazon. You can find it through my webpage, which is wakeuporelse.com. 
and you can visit us on wake up or else on youtube and we've got like 90 videos on there and you got the tax th- stuff on there too right yeah yeah that's on the state national tab and we do trainings okay. every monday at eight all right cool i'm yep. interested in that for real it, it's yeah. very cool and um well i'd like to have you back on man i mean that was this was cool you know like <laughs> we might disagree on some stuff but i'm still trying to figure it out myself you know what i mean i don't i'm not an expert about nothing mm-hmm. that's good all right yeah i'd love to come back man just we'll stay in touch this was really a great combo i love this and um you know i look forward to reposting this when it comes out i'll send it out on all my channels because uh you know, people are just looking for, for truth or combos like this. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll probably be out either tonight or tomorrow night. It depending, right. to, you know, depending. So, um, yeah, so if anybody's got any uh, questions, comments, bitches, gripes, complaints, conspiracy soldiers at yahoo.com, and you can uh, message me on Instagram on conspiracy soldiers. And then one more time, John, what's your uh, one, what's your website one more time? Yep, it's wakeuporelse.com, and it's Wake Up or Else on YouTube, and my email is pleasewakeuporelse at gmail.com. All right, there you go, people. Okay, Conspiracy Soldiers is going dark. Thanks, John. Thank you, Fox. Thank you, Fox.